The Business of Community, a conversation with Mayor Matt Hall, Carlsbad, people, purpose, and impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon and welcome everyone to our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast. My name is Brett Schonsenbach and I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce and I am your host. I'm very pleased to have with me today the mayor of our city of Carlsbad, Mayor Matt Hall. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you. Now, most of the people out there don't know that you and I share something in common, and that is that we uh, both grew up in a, in a city just to the east of here in the beautiful metropolis of Vista. And, uh, you know, that's part of our background. Yeah, we have all sorts of Vista Carlsbad stories from our youth. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But you made your way over here to Carlsbad a long time ago. How, how long have you been part of the community here? Uh, I moved here in January of 1970. So yeah, long time. And uh, I, I mean, a lot of people know your story, but not everybody because you've been serving the community uh, in an elected way for so long, but you started as a business person locally. Tell everybody a little bit about your business background. So I had just come out of the service. I was in the United States Army for two years and a very close friend of mine and somebody who I'd worked with uh, prior to going into the Army uh, had a business in South Oceanside. And so we, over a couple of years while I was in the service, had this dream of buying a business in the automotive industry and working it together. And as I got out of the service, uh, there was an opportunity. So in January, actually before I was even out of the service, we had bought a recycling facility and a tow company here in Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much as business-wise, that's, that's what I've been doing for over 40-some years. So. Oh, that's great. I mean, I know one thing that obviously being a chamber person, I appreciate when our elected officials have real world, you know, business experience because that brings just a different perspective. And I, I'm, I'm sure you've appreciated your, your experience in the business world as an elected official. It, it definitely it gives you a different perspective. And often people think they understand business principles, but unless you've ever been in business, you just really don't have the real world experience. And I I think that's really helped me through the years. Being the person who has to sign the check that gets handed out to employees versus just being the one who receives the check and you sign the back of it, I think it changes the perspective. Yes, it does. And often people, I think, really have the wrong impression, especially of small businesses. Um, Often they think they are very well-to-do or have an unlimited checkbook. I can't tell you how many months I went without a check when we were first starting. But uh, 41 years, we paid every week consecutively for 41 years. So I understand that principle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you've been serving our fair city, our wonderful city for many years in an elected capacity, and you started as a city council member. So uh, tell us what encouraged you to jump into public service in the first place. So really, it actually started before that, Brett. Um, It was about 1977, and there was a committee to study the village in redevelopment. Mm. So I, along with Thelma Hayes, uh, participated in that in those meetings, 
And after the first year, Thelma and I had the best attendance record. Mm. So we were actually appointed to that committee. So my first experience into the city was prior to our redevelopment, helping getting redevelopment started into the village. After that, uh, I was asked by Mary Kassler to be on the planning commission. So I actually served 10 years on the planning commission mm. before being elected in 1994. Oh, and that's, that's great experience because the planning commission, obviously any development that's proposed or coming to town is going to come to the planning commission first. So that gave you a great perspective and insight into how things work in the city before you ever uh, served as an elected official. So so then you became a council person and you served for many years, but now you've been our mayor since 2010. Yeah. And so you t- talk to us about making that transition from being a council person to mayor. It, it, again, it was like going from being a planning commissioner to a council person. Mm-hmm. You think after 10 years, you really understand the system and how everything works. Um being a, just being a council member for me it was about a two to a four year learning experience, mm-hmm. and I, I also had uh, Julie Nygaard, Ramona Fanella, mm-hmm. and Ann Culchin as mentors as I yeah. was first beginning in the as a council member, and then Mayor Lewis. I mean, mm-hmm. Mayor Lewis, her buddy, and I were very very close, and so um, I thought again. I mean, stepping into mayor would be just a, a natural step. But again, it was probably a two-year learning experience, mm-hmm. especially when you're sitting on the dais. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not only having to think about the issues, but you're also having to think of the dynamic of the council, the interaction, the dynamic of, of the, the citizens and, and their participation, and trying to balance many different things. So that was just one aspect of what you had to learn to make sure it was smooth. And then, you know, just being out in the city and trying to represent the city in a very positive way. Sure. Um, so uh, it, it's been fun. It's been a challenge. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I heard, um, I went through Leadership North County at Cal State San Marcos about six or eight, maybe eight years ago. And one, we had a guest speaker who had formerly been a city council person in a North County city. And she had shared that um, one of the parts that was uh, a learning curve for her was when some issue would come up, um, you know, people would show up at council meetings and really loudly voice their, you know, opinion. Typically the, the folks who were opposed to something would show up and and that really got her attention. And so she voted against this particular development. And then later, you know, people would come up to her and like, oh, how's that thing going? That, that was so neat, you know, that that was coming to town. And she said, well, we voted against it. And she came to realize that there was quite frequently a, a silent majority who just went along um, and you didn't hear from them. But you only heard from the people who had a really strong opinion one way or the other. And and that to her was a learning experience that, you know, you had to represent more than just the folks who showed up to voice something. What has your experience been with that kind of that kind of situation? I think you described it very well. First of all, the citizens, when you're elected, the citizens put their beliefs, uh, 
that you would do a good job in running their city. Yeah. And when you think about that, Carlsbad's a billion-dollar corporation Oof. with about $300 million a year in capital improvements and operating mm-hmm. budgets. So it, it's like running any other business. Yeah. And when it comes to planning issues, often those who are in disagreement will show up in force. Mm-hmm. So whether it's 20, 25, or 50 people in the audience, you have to remember in Carlsbad, you're representing at least 118,000 today. Mm-hmm. And it's their belief, their faith, that you will look at all sides of the issue. Sure. I want to say that again, all sides of the issue, mm-hmm. and do what's for the greater good of community. And that's one of the hardest things you have to learn when you first come into office. It's about the greater good of community. And quite often in the political world, special interests will put you into office or try to get you there. It's once you're there, if you're truly, truly acting in best interest, you have to weigh all sides. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a challenge. I think that it's tougher today to be an elected official than it was even 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, People have so many different modalities of expressing their, say, displeasure with an elected official, Um, you know, and we could just talk about social media and other ways. But what has that been like for you, having been in it now as many years as you have? And what have you seen? Have you seen it change? And if so, how uh, have you seen it change? I think there's two issues there. And obviously, perhaps people are more pointed today. I will tell you back in the mid-80s when growth was the number one issue, Mm -hmm. people were pretty uh, outspoken. And so um, you see that again today. Um, what What is interesting for me, though, is, again, it goes back to the greater good. And, and, and making sure you do what, is, what you need to do. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is what Carlsbad's always been noted for is vision. We always think 10, 20 years out. Yes. And growth management is, is a prime example. The biggest thing I notice today is we're more micromanaging the moment mm-hmm. than trying to create tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's been the biggest dynamic change is, mm-hmm. is that... If I know if you probably haven't kept count, but we have had well over a hundred minute motions in the wow. past year. That's a lot. Prior prior to 2016, we probably didn't have 10 minute motions in 20 years. Mm. So it that has been a different dynamic. So mm. again, um, every time there's a minute motion, that puts staff into action. Mm-hmm. Um, staff has only so much capacity, so they start working on these momentary thoughts or issues versus trying to get us down way down the road. So yeah, that's interesting. That has been a change. So I was fortunate recently, you and I spoke at a, at a group here locally. And so we were kind of, I kind of got a, a, a teaser of some of the things that are, of course, on your agenda of, of priorities, but these also line up with what the council has publicly stated as priorities. So I thought we'd kind of chat about these a little bit. And for our folks who are listening at home, all of this is leading up to we're, we're blessed that our, our mayor is going to be our keynote speaker once again at our State of the Community luncheon. Now, that luncheon is still a virtual event, which is unfortunate. But the fortunate thing is, is anybody can participate. It, there's no cost. You can watch from the comfort of your home, home office, anywhere. So that'll be on August 21st. 
but um, I'd love to chat about a few of these you know things that are priorities right now in Carlsbad. So you mentioned housing already. Housing is a challenge. It's a it's a challenge. It's always a challenge in one sense, but um, the state has made it even a little bit more challenging for local jurisdictions to effectively, you know, manage their growth. So why don't you share about that and how housing's changed from the days of, of uh, putting in a growth management plan and what that's like now for Carlsbad? Well, Carlsbad, and I think that's one of the one of the reasons why we're a city, almost a one of a kind city, is because mm-hmm. of our good planning. Growth management, or the tool of growth management, was one aspect that really helped us get there. And today, when you think about the state and what they're trying to do is try to create more affordable housing. Mm -hmm. We were 25 years ahead of of this issue. So Mm -hmm. since the early 90s, we have built at least 15% deed-restricted housing into this community. And that's important because we're all have had children. Today, I'm blessed to have grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So we want to have a place for them to have space here in the community also. Mm-hmm. And you don't want it to be your bedroom or your, your backyard. Right. You want to be able to give them good education, provide good jobs, yep. and have them, a, have them a place where they start to invest. Yeah. So growth management said the cap was going to be 135000 Well, today, the state says you can no longer have a cap. Um, now we, we're looking at 20% affordability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Carlsbad has been ahead of the curve on that. But some of the things that the state is doing is, I think, going beyond what's reasonable for mm-hmm. our community. Yeah, It might work elsewhere, but it doesn't work here. Yeah, um, And I'll take for an example, they're trying to increase density in and around our transit areas, sure. i.e. the village. And so... I have not heard hardly anyone who wants high density, four to six story buildings Mm -hmm. in the village. With that said, we still have to be able to uh, provide that affordability. Mm -hmm. And I think Carlsbad has done that throughout throughout the city, throughout the quadrants, and it's worked very well. There are other restrictions that are being put on about what we can charge for building fees and mm-hmm. what we can de- demand from developers. But I think if given the time and we're about to start our 2050 plan, uh, I think we'll find out, find ways that will meet our arena numbers mm-hmm. and be able to continue very quality development within our community. Yeah. So those arena numbers, maybe not everybody knows, but those are numbers that are passed down from the state to the local jurisdiction, which in this case is the Sandag, and then mm-hmm. get assigned to each community. Um, and so Carlsbad gets their allocation, what I think it's about an eight or a 10 year number. An eight year number. And RENA is a regional housing allocation. Is, mm-hmm. That's what the numbers, our acronym stands for. So you get a 10, 10 year goal of your re- regional housing allocation of homes that you're supposed to build. And it's broken down by affordable and middle market, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we have our work cut out for us to, to meet those numbers, so to speak, or at least to um, provide the space where those numbers can be met. Obviously, Carlsbad, or the city itself doesn't develop, but uh, you have to make the space available for them. So yes, that's a challenge, but we have some other challenges. <laughs> um, 
And while we're talking about homes and houses, we should probably talk about those who are struggling to get into any home and, and the homeless population continues to grow throughout North County. We don't want to say it's, you know, uh, a bigger problem in Carlsbad than anywhere else because it's not. But it is a regional problem and that comes down to Carlsbad. So what do you see coming forward in that arena? Well, Carlsbad is addressing, addressing that on many fronts. One from starting with the regional aspect, we have worked very closely with our supervisor, uh, Mr. Desmond, mm-hmm. and the other five North County mayors. Mm-hmm. And one of the things most recently we were able to accomplish is to get 10 social workers amongst the five cities. Mm. So that was a huge help. Carlsbad has worked on the homeless issue for many, many years. Mm-hmm. La Posada is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have two projects that are going in the village right now also mm-hmm. that will help address that. Um, what the real need on homeless, and we need the state's help. This is something that the state really needs to step forward on. And I would challenge our, our assembly members and our senators to address this. And that is there's people on the street that are really a danger to themselves Mm -hmm. and the community. They need our help. Mm -hmm. And just putting them in a room or Mm -hmm. a hotel room and giving them three meals is not going to help them or get them where they need to be. Mm -hmm. The state needs to provide a service where we can house those people, try and do everything humanly possible to get them off to their substance abuse, whatever that might be, and get them back into the mainstream. Yeah. There are many, many nonprofits and groups that if you need help, you pretty much just have to step forward and we can try and our very best to meet those services. Solutions for Change, mm-hmm. they've been here since the early 90s, yeah. started in Vista, yeah. um, a, a very good group to, that we're working with. And they even have projects here in Carlsbad. Yeah. So the expansion of La Posada, we mm-hmm. could double the the housing at La Posada. Catholic Charities said they would like to also have a place for women. Mm-hmm. Working with Catholic Charities, who has an unbelievable record here in the community, mm-hmm. help them do that. Yeah. Um, I think those are the positive ways. It might take a day longer than, mm-hmm. than just putting them in temporary housing, but um, I think that's the future future to answer your question. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Uh, I think when you just put people in a house, you know, and um, don't address the uh, underlying conditions, they just end up churning right back into the same, same problem, same issues. Same cycle. Same cycle. Yeah, for sure. So I know that's a, a big priority for the council and for yourself. Um, you also mentioned recently about uh, there's a there's a priority for um, reducing the response time for first responders in parts of the city. Some of the the response time has gotten longer than than the city would like. So share a little bit about that and uh, what you see coming. So um, obviously safety for us is job number one, Mm -hmm. and it was brought to our attention through a very intensive study that there was an area in the the community that our response times were starting to slip. And so uh, the center point of that is really at Cannon, uh, west of the tracks, and to be able to get good response times up and down the coast. The coaster's part of the question. I mean, when that rail 
comes up and down, sometimes it can be three or four minutes. Yeah. And when somebody's life's at stake, three or four minutes is the difference. Yeah. So once that was brought to our attention, we immediately tried to address that. And so as soon as we finished Station 2 or the station in La Costa, we're immediately going to go on to prioritizing getting uh, that facility built. So. And so this would be uh, an entire new station? An entire new station. Nice. Wonderful. And so what else is on the radar for council? <laughs> well, one of the other things I've had the opportunity to work on is SANDAG, mm-hmm. our regional governance body. Yeah. And one of the things that is being discussed right now is the five big moves. Yes. And if there's anything that I think people need to pay attention to, especially in how that may uh, affect their lives, mm-hmm. it's a $163 billion proposal. Mm. Little or none of that will go to roads. Mm. And so people who are driving to work, the idea is we're going to try and put you on a bus or a train to get you to where you want to go. Sure. Um, with that said, in order to to accomplish that, that could be a 15 to a 20-year lift. Mm. The frustration is, is anyone who's traveling, traveling the coast coming from L.A. south or even from south to north, you can see, in fact, I was a couple minutes late here this afternoon because I-5 was dead stopped. And so what Sandeg really needs to do is finish their commitment that Mm -hmm. they've promised uh, over the last 20 years to finish I-5 to at least 12 lanes Mm -hmm. and to build the intersection out at 78 and, Mm -hmm. and 5. Uh, that's really not in the future plans. And so that's going to be challenging, especially the business community and freight, how you, how you Mm -hmm. goods movement, how we make all that happen as we wait for things to perhaps happen in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, And speaking of goods movement, I mean, we are blessed here in Carlsbad with a lot of industry. Back in the in 1970 or so when you moved here, it was probably still pretty much a commuter community, right? And now we are blessed. I mean, our we have over 15 million square feet of industrial space out here in this industrial park where you and I are sitting right now. And with um, just some giants, you know, um, uh, including, you know, Thermo Fisher and Viasat and Nordson and all these kind of great companies, not to mention the golf companies, et cetera. What are some positive stories that you've come across over the, everybody, you know, is, I think you and I are like-minded in this. We're kind of getting tired of talking about the challenges of the last 15 months, but there've been some positive stories. What are some stuff you've run across that have, that you're excited about and want to share about? Well, both in, both in the, in the industrial park and in the village, there's been a lot happening. Yeah. And one of the things Carlsbad's really known for is in the worst of times, Carlsbad tries to make it the best of times. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to pick one, and then okay. we'll talk about the rest of them in yeah. that state of the city. But I think the most important thing that's happened this past year is the collaboration mm-hmm. between the Chamber and our Merchants Association. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of the Chamber since 1970. Yeah. And I worked real hard around 2008 to 2011 when the business community stepped forward and said, we have 40 issues that we would like to address, mm-hmm. and we address those. But we've never had the close, close working relationship with 
David Graham and Matt mm-hmm. Sanford and trying to make sure that we could all try and get through this last 14 months. Yeah. And I'm sure you've got great stories to tell mm-hmm. about that. Uh, we actually had four people on the city side assigned to that. So mm-hmm. if you're having trouble getting your loans or if you're right. trouble getting permits or any city issues that we could help with, we were there. Yeah. The other thing is, is you know, often uh, council members have great ideas, mm-hmm. but those might not always really align with what the business community thinks is best. Sure. So in many issues, when we were strategizing, we went out and did multiple surveys. Yeah. Will this work? And it was not us guessing would it work. What did the community or the most importantly, the business sector think about it? And we took their guidance. And I've never before seen that happen. Yeah. So uh, I agree. The collaboration was uh, very tight. The, the city, the village association, Visit Carlsbad and the chamber, we initially we were meeting weekly to just keep up with everything and, and to uh, work together. And then it went to we, well, we still meet twice a month um, even now. And um, I know there were times where I put in emails and phone calls that just said, hey, this member needs help with this permit to build out this their parking space for this restaurant or that. And I got attention to it within hours. Uh, it was really quick. Um, so I do agree that the collaboration was very, um, very tight and very thorough on everything from the gift Carlsbad program that we worked on together to the loan program that the city provided, the micro loans and everything. So there was a lot, there was a lot that was done and, um, you know, hopefully we don't see another pandemic, but hopefully the collaboration continues. So um, I agree. And our our business community is, um, like you said, very resilient. Um, and uh, and I think that uh, we'll come out stronger in the end, but it's, we're still in the, we're not in the middle, but we're still in the muck a little bit of uh, the post-pandemic um, stuff. So and I know one of the things you're going to share at our State of the Community, I'm just going to tease that again, is uh, <laughs> some of these great individual uh, stories of different companies and how some of them pivoted, how some of them thrived. And and um, we're just blessed with the uh, abundance of industry here in Carlsbad uh, at this point. So I appreciate that. And that, you know, that collaboration does come from the leadership down. So from the council down to the, our city manager, uh, Scott, who does a great job. Um, down to staff and um, working with, as you pointed out, David Graham, Matt Sanford, and the rest of the team. So very appreciative of that as a chamber and as somebody who represents the businesses. So um, any other uh, top priorities that uh, come to mind that you want to tease up or share a little bit about for for yourself? Well, I think that what's what's I'm spending quite a bit of time working on is the state of the city. Yeah. And for me, that's one of my the one of the most premier times that we get to have a conversation. Yeah. And it's like bringing this huge family together mm-hmm. to share experiences, to share the great times. And right now we're just looking forward to doing that. Yeah. Uh, along with just, as you said earlier, there's there's still a few bumps in the road, and yeah. we want to try and smooth those out the best we can. But most importantly, the best of times out of the worst of times is, like you said, we built this collaboration. Mm-hmm. And to build on that kind of collaboration, 
we did this between the five cities, between Escondido, San yes. Marcos, Vista, Oceanside, and Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. And that has paid huge dividends yes. to bring business not only to Carlsbad, to this region. Yes. It's working together and multiplying our resources. Yeah, and I agree that that focus, that collaborative focus along the 78 corridor um, has it makes sense. I mean, yes, we're separate entities and, you know, we maybe we compete for uh, potential um, companies to locate their headquarters here or there. But um, collaborating makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, today, maybe one of our companies outgrows its space and doesn't have a, a place they can find in Carlsbad to locate. But so hopefully they don't go far. And the next time they grow, hopefully they come right back. And and, and we've seen that. We've seen that happen with uh, some of our members who uh, went next door to a neighboring community. And then when they grew again, they came right back. So that's that's a great thing because it keeps those jobs local and it keeps, you know, the economy churning here in our region. So, well, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, be here today. And I want to remind everybody that uh, they can go out and register to participate in our State of the Community event where our mayor will be our keynote speaker speaking about the state of our city of Carlsbad. And it'll be a virtual event. You can participate online and watch it for free and get your fellow workers, your fellow uh, teammates and friends, your neighbors to uh, tune in and get all the latest and greatest about our wonderful community here in Carlsbad. So go to carlsbad.org. That's the Chamber's website, and you can sign up for that. So thank you, Mayor, for joining us today. Thank you, Brett. This has really been an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.